wonderful, majestic world around us. It's time for Dear Science. Thanks to Motat, the museum inspiring the innovators of tomorrow. Kia ora, Davide. How's it going? Hey, not too bad, not too bad. How are Excellent. you? Oh, I'm good. All the better now that you're here, Davide. Yeah. yeah. Happy uh, Halloween. Happy Halloween, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy Halloween. Almost forgot about that. So what do you have for us on this beautiful Halloween day? Uh, yeah, horrible weather. <laughs> it's Halloween weather. Uh, but I have, like, interesting stories, I believe. Um, and uh, why don't we start with something that uh, cheers us up all, which is trees and uh, forests. And Love to hug some trees. Yeah. Green. Uh, so trees, many have fallen, uh, following mm. the weather, but uh, there is a new study that is coming out of Europe, and um, this study has looked into how many trees outside of forests exist mm. throughout Europe, uh, on the whole continent, let's say. And they have used new technology that is AI-based, you know, machine learning-based with uh, satellite uh, imagery and uh, uh, how you know, accurate these algorithms can be. They have developed new algorithms yeah. and uh, they have developed uh, algorithms that, have, um, that are giving, uh, starting to give us good news about how many trees are actually out there. Uh, outside the forest, you know, the, the governments usually do a census of yes. how much greenery there is in a country, but this is based on forests. So they they've not really count, uh, at least not as accurately, the, the trees that are outside your window or in your backyards mm. or anyway. The urban areas are kindly overlooked, are kind of overlooked by these analysis, right? So, what this uh, group of researchers have done is said, okay, why don't we, uh, by collecting a, a very extensive series of image, images, develop a way of counting trees that are outside forests? Mm. And uh, that's exactly what the study is about. And they have discovered that um, the first thing that they have discovered is that there are uh, something like a, a, um, a gigaton of um, trees, uh, forestry, that is not forestry in the sense that they are <laughs> in the urban areas, right? So there is a billion tons of carbon which have been overlooked by all the models that take into account how much greenery there is. That's insane. In, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it was actually it was a shocking number coming out of this. And I must say that the algorithm has got an accuracy of above 90%. They are talking about 92.4%. So this number ends up being pretty accurate, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And they looked at different countries, of course. I mean, countries which are much older than others mm. um, from, uh, from how much, say, uh, carbon resources in terms of trees have been used, right? So if you look at, for example, the Scandinavian countries within Europe, they have a much, much higher proportion of forests. Mm. Like places like Norway or uh, Sweden or uh, Estonia, Finland and stuff like this. While other countries like the UK or um, you know, Central Europe or even Southern Europe, uh, they have been wiped out of forests quite a long time ago, actually, right? Yeah. Um, even armies sometimes, when they used to go through in the past, they used to actually wipe out forests because they had to clear their way, yep. right? And those forests never came back in a way because the civilization has been pretty heavy on the nature over there. But uh, something interesting is that, uh, um, so uh, the country with the highest proportion of trees in Europe outside of forests is actually the Netherlands. Mm. Uh, they have above 20%. 
uh, of this um, share that is in the Netherlands. That's interesting. Yeah. Excuse my geographical knowledge, but how big is the Netherlands in terms of land capacity? Like, mm. are they a, a decently big country in Europe? No, or? they are like uh, on the smaller side. Okay. So that the biggest countries are, in terms of extension, of course, is like uh, Germany, France. They're the biggest country. Uh, probably Spain is, is similarly big. But Netherlands, Belgium, uh, there's a very small countries, but they are... Like uh, a lot of urban trees. A ro- lot of urban trees, right? Yeah. Um, while if you go to other countries, like, for example, Finland, and that is the other interesting thing from the study, Finland has got the lowest proportion of urban trees and the highest proportion of forestry. Uh, so it looks like the two things are uh, uh, inversely correlated. When there are countries that have a higher proportion of forests, you have a country, the, the same country has got a low proportion of urban trees. Interesting. Um, yeah. I was actually looking into these statistics and I was looking also at the amount of coverage in terms of trees for each of these country, countries. And it's very important, this study is very important because, for example, for places like Ireland and the UK, are yeah. uh, only uh, a little bit higher than the 10% of the land is actually still covered by forests, let's mm. say, uh, which, which means that the urban trees are really going to play a significant role in their carbon, in the ability to carbon offset. So yeah. New Zealand that we are talking about, I think is around 40% uh, yes. of New Zealand land that is still covered by, by forests. Um, in, in Italy is about um, 35 to, to 37, 38 percent still. Crazy. I was actually surprised to say it's quite, it's quite a good number. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good number. It, it's quite a good number, yeah. I mean, you would expect that in Italy there's much more trees, right? I would have also too. Yeah, yeah, you know I what I mean? So that was there. like so um, shocking to me. Uh, but yeah, so there is a much, much um, more there is many, many more trees than what we thought mm. um, there would be, and uh, probably in the future, urban, say urban, urban trees and urban green coverage is going to have a significant role, given these numbers in in how they calculate and how they model, mm. right? The amount of carbon that is actually hidden is a hidden biomass, effectively. I almost wish that had like kept remained a secret, so then they couldn't add it in the calculations. You know what I mean? So they're like, oh, we need more trees. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah that's, that's right. I mean, I think that we need more yeah. and there will be more to come, I'm sure, because <laughs> governments are going to make sure of this year and year, especially with climate change and all, all those uh, problems. Um, but it's good to have knowledge, you know, that it's a significant proportion because if you give up on that, uh, then, of course, there's no point in keeping the few that are left, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, good news. Support yeah. urban trees. Support urban trees, yeah. yeah. And Oakland, trees Oakland yeah. Is, a, is a pretty green uh, place, even though there is like a here it and there the scaffolds about, you know, developers and trees uh, yeah. <laughs> being cut. So, um, yeah, I think Oakland does pretty well. Mm-hmm. What do you have up next for us, David? Uh, so I have a, I have an interesting story. This caught my attention because it's about again it's about um, a different kind of greenery or not so green anymore, which is leaf uh, litter. Mm. Um, so you know when um, when leaves fall and they they stay on the ground for a while and uh, especially in autumn, yeah. of course I mean you you have all, all yeah that that slushy stuff. Um, so there's a there's a study that has come out of um, um, South Carolina. Mm in which they have actually analyzed the chemistry of, um, of, of the leaves that are actually you know, on the ground. Yeah. And they have discovered that effectively 
there are something called that is biogenic uh, free radical, which are very resilient. So, so it sounds are, like a political group, the, yeah. bio, the biogenic free radicals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Might Bio, be like yeah. Name for a band. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. If somebody wants to pick it up, uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, biogenic free radical. I don't know how good they, 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 the band will be, but definitely they are not good chemical species to have lying around because they are very, uh, they can be quite harmful to other molecular components, let's say in biological systems of free radicals, we know how bad they are. Yeah. yeah. And there's all sorts of like um, lines of research and even advertising that they say they're bad for your skin, they make you, mm. they make you uh, age much, much faster. Mm. And effectively, because these are chemical species that contain these free electrons, which are very unstable and they tend to attack other molecules. Mm. Um, and uh, of course, I mean, free radicals are usually human generated because nature is quite stable, doesn't like free electrons roaming around. Yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, this is significant because we have discovered that there are resilience, so they, they stay quite, they are long-standing in the environment, and they pose no health risk until they are disturbed, in the sense that when the leaves would disintegrate, that's when you have the release of free radicals. Mm. Um, uh, cool, they have the release of free radicals in the atmosphere. So it's nothing to worry about or anything, it's just like interesting to see that there is, uh, say, a natural way of free radical production that, of course, help breaking down all these organic components, which is leaf litter. Uh, but um, the, the impact, let's say, especially in urban contexts where you have like so many leaves lying around and when they disintegrate, is actually unknown. So there is more research to come on that side of things. Yeah. yeah. What do you have up for us last WD? Uh, so I have uh, something about um, the um, compostable bags, uh, mm. you know, the, the, the bags that usually, you know, get given for organic collection. Uh, collection like the ones we have for the, the yeah, fruit the ones, groups? The, the yeah, purple ones. Yeah, the biodegradable pink. ones. The purple? Pink? Pink? Are the they green? Pink? I think they're green. They might be green. Are we getting different biodegradable? Wait, the ones that you put your food scraps in? Yeah. Uh, what what color are yours? You might need pink, a, yeah. Pink? No, I, I thought they were green. Maybe someone needs to text in. Um, yeah, what color are, <laughs> what the color are your bags? Are your bags? <laughs> and uh, I'm, I mean, to be totally honest, if you are using the wrong bag, it's, oh, not, no. it's not too bad because they have discovered this group in Germany. Uh, is, well, it's actually a collaboration through several uh, groups uh, uh, through an institute that looks, uh, it's called the Fraunhofer Institute uh, uh, for Chemical Technology. And uh, they have commissioned this uh, pilot study, mm. which has looked extensively at several things uh, uh, regarding these biodegradable bags. And the first thing that they have looked at, do they degrade? Do they <sighs> biodegrade? That's I the thought we'd be thing. past the point of this. this <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, and we are back to square one apparently, mm. because what happened is that uh, uh, they discovered that they don't fully break down. Fantastic. Uh, so when you actually um, chuck your uh, organic waste into the, um, in, into the ground, let's say, with these biodegradable bags, you still have debris made out of plastic and microplastics, which are actually a big problem when you try to use now dead organic waste to produce fuel, electricity, yeah. you know, biogases and stuff like this, because they pollute the whole process. Um, so the first thing that they have, they have discovered is that they don't degrade very well. Uh, and that's why they have, they probably have to put a break on the massification, you know, of this yeah. distribution. It's probably better to use no bag than 
uh, a bag, a biodegradable bag. Like a regular plastic bag, do you mean? Uh, or, or not even any not bag, even any, right? Like because, a paper bag. Uh, yeah, or, or probably um, trigger a collection that is uh, a bag-free or a paper bag. Mm -hmm. The paper bag, they, they specifically actually talk about paper bags. Can't go past the, past the classic, eh? I or the like newspaper. Newspaper too, yeah. Yeah, newspaper, even though I don't know in the newspaper if uh, mm. the ink that yeah. they use is, is toxic in any way or stuff like this, because I mean, yeah. The old newspapers should be fine, but the newspaper, new newspapers that have all these color, right. color yeah. inks, um, th th there is some chemistry involved there. So yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time, guys. But uh, uh, basically, bottom line is that uh, um, we may have to revisit the whole concept of having biodegradable bags until we make bags that are actually biodegradable. Mm -hmm. Wow, science, eh? Well, I just want to point out we just got a text in from someone, a lovely text, and they said. Mount Albert, pink bags. Oh, oh, yeah. Maybe it's just different in terms of the, the suburb you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we're all right. But thank you to the person that texted in. Thank you to Davide. Thank and you. thank you to Science. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I didn't know that before. Dear Science, thanks to MOTAT, the museum inspiring the innovators of tomorrow.